From restaurant openings and discounts on bars and hotels to beauty and fashion offers, Sherlock's partners with London's best venues, suppliers and brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. And this month, we're offering new annual sign-ups a free Kate Somerville exfoliating treatment worth £72. Or you can trial VIP and get two months free access using the code VIPX2 at checkout. For more information, visit SherlocksVIP.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 27th of June and this week's main stories are Boris Johnson came under increased scrutiny this week after police were called to his home following a row with his partner. Officers attended Johnson's home after being called by a neighbour who said they were concerned by a loud altercation between the former Foreign Secretary and his partner Carrie Simmons during the early hours of Friday morning. Johnson has refused to answer questions about the incident, insisting that he will not talk about stuff involving his loved ones, despite facing pressure to do so from senior Tories and a major party donor. Speaking on BBC Radio 5 Live, former Foreign Secretary Sir Malcolm Rifkind insisted the involvement of the police meant Johnson could not just say no comment, adding, that implies you may have something you don't want to disclose. Johnson's supporters have argued the incident is a private matter and irrelevant to the leadership contest. However, a poll conducted on Saturday found support for Johnson had fallen dramatically in the wake of the reports. According to market research agency, Servation, the contest frontrunner's lead fell from 27% to 11% among Conservative voters. Meanwhile, Johnson has attempted to redirect attention to his Brexit plans, vowing that Britain will exit the European Union by the 31st of October deadline, do or die. Speaking to Talk Radio this week, the Conservative leadership candidate pledged to push for a no-deal Brexit if it is deemed necessary to meet the October deadline. Although he admitted changes would need to be made to the Brexit deal agreed by Theresa May before the deadline, Johnson insisted, We are getting ready to come out on the 31st of October, come what may. Former Brexit Secretary Dominic Raab has supported Johnson's plans, arguing that the new leader would be able to quash MPs' efforts to prevent a no-deal Brexit by overriding any motion against it in the House of Commons. Raab added that it would be the EU's fault if Britain left the bloc without a withdrawal agreement in place, claiming there is nothing stopping us getting a deal by October if there's the political will. However, Hunt has cast doubt on Johnson's Brexit plans, claiming there is no trust his rival will fulfil his promises. Hunt said he believes he stands a greater chance of returning from Brussels with an improved Brexit deal. The Foreign Secretary has claimed the UK's next leader must be someone EU officials are prepared to talk to, adding, in the end, you don't do a deal with someone you don't trust. Johnson has challenged Hunt to commit to taking the UK out of the EU on the 31st of October, whether or not there is a withdrawal agreement in place. Hunt hit back on Tuesday, arguing such a stance was likely to trip the UK into a general election. The former South Yorkshire Police Chief Superintendent on command during the Hillsborough disaster is to face a retrial, a judge has ruled. David Duckenfield was charged with gross negligence manslaughter in connection with the deaths of 95 people at Sheffield Wednesday's Hillsborough Stadium in 1989. A jury failed to reach a verdict on the charges following a 10-week trial of Duckenfield early this year. Sir Peter Openshaw, the judge who presided over the first trial, has now applied for a retrial. It will begin in October at Preston Crown Court. 
Handing down his verdict, the judge said, I authorise a retrial of the defendant, David Duckenfield, and refuse the defendant's application to stay the trial. Duckenfield's defence lawyer, Benjamin Myers, QC, had opposed the retrial application. The UK's Justice and Culture Ministries have requested that the Law Commission launches a review of legislation surrounding online harassment. The Commission has been asked to examine laws on non-consensual intimate imagery, including revenge porn. It will consider whether current legislation has kept pace with technological developments and whether it still adequately protects victims. While sending revenge pornography has already been made a criminal offence, the Commission is to consider whether victims should be granted automatic anonymity, as is currently the case for victims of other sexual offences. The review will include a public consultation exploring whether existing laws need to be extended to criminalise cyber flashing and deepfake images. Cyber flashing is the act of sending unsolicited sexual images to another person's mobile phone, while deepfake imagery sees a person's face realistically superimposed onto pornography without their consent. The review comes amid growing concern over the ease with which sexual images can be made and distributed online without the permission of individuals pictured. It will begin next month and is expected to deliver its conclusions in 2021. In UK news, five people have been arrested in connection with alleged accounting fraud at Patisserie Valerie. The arrests mark a dramatic escalation in the probe, which is examining the cafe chain slide into administration. In a statement from the Serious Fraud Office, investigators said the arrest took place last Tuesday as part of a joint operation with Hertfordshire, Leicestershire and Metropolitan Police Services. The names of those detained have not been disclosed. Patisserie Valerie collapsed in January after a financial black hole was discovered in the company's accounts. According to forensic accountants from KPMG, the chain's accounts had been overstated by approximately £94 million, despite the company having been given a clean bill of health by Auditors Grant Thornton. Civil Liberties Group, the Manifesto Club, has spoken out against the rise of Community Protection Notices, or CPNs, saying, at least ASBOs had to go through court and you had a right to a defence. These new orders are a scandal in comparison. The group has said CPNs are being issued by local authorities at record levels, increasing 58% since 2014-15. to The orders were introduced to tackle antisocial behaviour and can be issued to ban actions deemed to have a detrimental effect on the quality of life of those in the locality. However, the Manifesto Club has said CPNs are being used as part of a cowboy approach to criminal justice. The group has criticised orders such as one issued in Stockport banning an 81-year-old from wearing a bikini inside her home if she was near the windows. Others face CPNs for cockerel disturbance in Leicestershire and for keeping untidy gardens in Durham. Failure to comply with the order is a criminal offence which can see those targeted punished by an on-the-spot fine of £100. Research by the think tank IPPR North has found an additional 200,000 children have fallen into poverty in the north of England since the government's Northern Powerhouse initiative was launched five years ago. According to the think tank, the region has also seen a £3.6 billion cut to its public spending since 2010, compared with a £4 billion increase in the south of England. Five years on from the Northern Powerhouse Initiative's introduction, the region's political leaders claim the project has halted, having demonstrably dropped down the list of priorities under Theresa May's government. While Northern England's economic growth is marginally higher than the national average, IPPR North has argued life for many has not improved, with the number of jobs paying less than the living wage of £9 an hour rising by 10.9%. Criminals have an increased chance of getting away with serious offences after cuts to detective numbers, according to new data obtained under Freedom of Information requests. 
The data shows the number of detectives working in major crime and murder squads fell by 610, or about 28%, between 2010 to 11 and 2017 to 18. During this period, detection rates for homicide cases, which include offences of murder and manslaughter, dropped by more than 15%, falling from 83% to 67%. Detection rates refer to the number of cases in which investigators believe they have identified the perpetrators. Although many factors affect the detection rates of crimes, police officials have highlighted the impact of underfunding. According to one senior detective, serious crimes units had seen so many years of under-resourcing that they were now suffering a cumulative effect. Police forces in England and Wales have had their government funding cut by 19% since the Conservative Party came to power nine years ago. Suspected Islamic State militant Jack Letts has spoken out after his parents were convicted of funding terrorism, saying... Two atheists being convicted for Islamic terrorism doesn't make much sense. Sally Lane and John Letts were found guilty of the terror charge at the Old Bailey on Friday. The couple told the court they wired £223 to their son because they wanted to help him escape danger in Syria. They have avoided jail after receiving suspended sentences. Speaking from prison in Syria, Jack Letts criticised his parents' conviction, arguing they are definitely not Islamic fundamentalists. They are not even Muslims. He has claimed the cash was used to buy glasses and maybe falafel. However, prosecutors said the couple had turned a blind eye to warnings from police and charity workers, who told them the money could inadvertently fund terrorism. New analysis from the Labour Party suggests local council cuts are disproportionately hitting areas with the highest number of deaths among homeless people. Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Blackburn and Liverpool were among the 10 council areas with the highest levels of homeless deaths between 2013 and 2017, along with four London boroughs, Camden, Westminster, Lambeth and Tower Hamlets. According to the analysis, these local councils have also faced cuts of more than three times the national average. 90 homeless people died in Birmingham between 2013 and 2017, the highest number of any area in England and Wales. The city's council has seen major cuts to its funding since 2010, with spending per household falling by more than £939, according to Labour. Liam Gallagher has hit out at Sadiq Khan over the rising level of knife crime in London. Speaking on BBC Breakfast this week, the former Oasis singer said he worried for the safety of his children in London. Gallagher claimed, every time you wake up in the morning, there's some 16-year-old kid being knifed to death. I've got kids that age out and about, it does worry me. The singer also criticised the London mayor for his apparent failure to address knife violence, saying the only thing that ever comes out of his mouth is, London is open. What, open for knife crime and dying and stuff? Gallagher's comments follow a spate of violence in the capital, which saw four people murdered within four days earlier this month. The publication of the royal accounts has revealed the cost of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's home renovations at Frogmore Cottage. The royal couple moved into the property ahead of the birth of their son Archie in April. Previously, five separate homes, Frogmore Cottage was adapted into a single property for the Duke and Duchess. The renovations cost approximately £2.4 million paid for by the taxpayer. The money came from the Queen's Sovereign Grant, which was awarded £82 million from the Treasury in 2018-19. to More than £30 million of this grant went towards maintenance work on the royal estate, including renovations at Buckingham Palace. The Queen's official expenses were £67 million in 2018, a 41% year-on-year increase, largely down to the costly building works. Four people have been arrested in connection with the murder of a retired lecturer in Wales. 74-year-old Gerald Corrigan was adjusting a satellite dish on his home on Anglesey in April when he was shot with a crossbow bolt. He died from his injuries in hospital almost a month later. North Wales Police has arrested four people in connection with Corrigan's murder, 
as well as on suspicion of other offences, including money laundering, conspiracy to commit murder and conspiracy to commit fraud. DCS Wayne Jones confirmed police inquiries had indicated Corrigan was deliberately targeted. Jones has appealed to the public for further information following the arrest, saying, I'm convinced that there are members of our community who may have key information regarding this terrible attack. A law expanding protections for allergy sufferers is to be introduced following the death of a British teenager. Natasha Ednan Laparouz died after suffering an allergic reaction to a baguette brought from Pret-a-Manger. The 15-year-old was allergic to sesame, an ingredient not listed on the item's packaging. Under Natasha's law, food outlets must include full ingredients listings on pre-packaged food. Previously, businesses selling sandwiches freshly prepared on site were only required to display a sign prompting customers to ask about allergen information. Food outlets will have two years to adopt the changes. Edna Laparouse's parents, who campaigned for laws around food packaging to be changed in the wake of their daughter's death, are said to be delighted by the new legislation. In health news, the NHS is to open its first gambling clinic for children amid growing concern over the rise of gambling addiction among young people. According to the Gambling Commission, 55,000 children are classed as having a gambling problem in the UK. NHS England Chief Executive Simon Stevens said the new clinic would underline just how seriously the NHS takes the threat of gambling addiction, even in young people. Opening in London, the National Problem Gambling Clinic will offer specialist help to people aged up to 25. It is part of a nationwide network of services for gambling addicts, being developed as part of the NHS long-term plan. In environment news... More electricity is now being generated from zero-carbon sources than fossil fuels in Britain, according to the National Grid. It's the first time since the Industrial Revolution that renewable energy sources such as solar, wind and hydropower have outstripped fossil fuels. The Drax Power Station in North Yorkshire, formerly the largest coal-fired station in Western Europe, has converted two-thirds of its site to generate energy using low-carbon biomass. The station now produces enough renewable electricity to power four million households for a year. In the last decade, the UK's yearly energy production from coal has fallen from 30% to 3%, while energy generated by wind has risen from 1% to 19%. The United Nations Special Rapporteur on Extreme Poverty and Human Rights, Philip Alston, has spoken out on the threat of climate change, saying human rights might not survive the coming upheaval. A new report from the human rights expert has warned global warming is likely to have an impact on the basic rights of hundreds of millions of people, depriving some of their rights to life, water and food. According to Alston, developing countries are likely to bear 75% of the estimated climate crisis cost. Due to be presented to the Human Rights Commission in Geneva on Friday, Alston's report also warns democracy and the rule of law are also at risk under the threat of climate breakdown. Alston has urged the United Nations, businesses and countries worldwide to improve their action on the climate crisis, describing current measures as entirely disproportionate to the urgency and magnitude of the threat. In business news, Sainsbury's has opened the UK's first meat-free butchers. Fitted out in the style of a traditional meat shop, the pop-up store in East London features strings of veggie sausages and slabs of soya steak in its window. Its offerings include products such as jackfruit quarter pounders and Moroccan veg babs. The supermarket said it hoped the butchers would help to address negative attitudes towards plant-based foods after a survey found a fifth of meat eaters considered them rabbit food. 
Discussing the launch, James Hamilton, who helped develop Sainsbury's meat-free product range, said familiarity with plant-based food was key. He explained, People see tofu and are not sure what to do with it, but if you see veggie mints, it's simple to communicate what to do with it. Southern Water is facing a record fine of £126 million after it was found to have overseen major wastewater spills and misreported its performance. The Environment Agency has launched a criminal investigation into the case, but could not confirm whether this was focused on the company itself or its individual employees. Southern Water's failings took place between 2010 and 2017 and included negligence which resulted in wastewater spills as well as the deliberate misreporting of its performance at sewage treatment sites. The fine will go to its customers across the southeast of England, with each expected to receive a rebate of at least £61. The company said it was deeply sorry for the failings. New analysis from Oxford Economics has found as many as 20 million manufacturing jobs around the world may be replaced by robots by 2030. According to the analysis firm, each new industrial robot will make 1.6 manufacturing jobs redundant. Regions with the most low-skilled workers are expected to be the most significantly impacted by the rise of automation. Oxford Economics has called on policymakers and business leaders to push for the development of workforce skills, ensuring that workers are equipped for increasing automation. Approximately 1.7 million manufacturing roles have been replaced by robots over the last 19 years, including 550,000 in China and 400,000 in Europe. British book sales declined for the first time since 2014 last year, according to the Publishers Association's annual yearbook. The UK publishing industry saw a dip of 5.4% in its sales of print books, amounting to a fall of £168 million. Book sales had been climbing for the last five years, bolstered by the success of bestsellers such as Michelle Obama's autobiography, Becoming. Chief Executive of the Publishers Association, Stephen Lottinger, said the decline was partially due to the increase in audiobook sales, which surged 43% last year. However, Lottinger insisted audiobooks weren't the sole factor behind the drop in physical book sales, saying there was also always going to be a point where print sales couldn't continue rising every year. Worthing Council has signed a deal to work with Bowclock, a company co-owned by IKEA for the building of new affordable homes. IKEA formed Bowclock with construction firm Skanska, which specialises in low-cost housing. The co-owned company sets prices to ensure buyers can afford the cost of living once they have paid their housing costs, with its website claiming a single parent can afford to buy and live in a newly built two-bedroom Bowclock apartment. Worthing councillors have agreed a deal which will see the company build 162 flats on council-owned land. The authority currently has more than 1,300 households on its housing waiting list, with property prices in the area around 11.7 times the average salary. Across England and Wales, this figure stands at 7.8 times the average salary. Elsewhere in the world... The United Nations has partially suspended aid supplies to areas of Yemen controlled by Houthi rebels. The World Food Programme, or WFP, said the suspension was a last resort measure and has accused the rebels of misappropriating the supplies. It follows warnings issued by the UN agency, stating that its aid deliveries would be limited unless the rebels agreed measures addressing the problem of food being diverted by corrupt local officials. The WFP said food programmes supplying children and pregnant or nursing mothers would not be affected. Yemen is currently experiencing a major humanitarian crisis, with approximately 40% of its population on the brink of starvation. Those most in need of aid are predominantly located in areas controlled by Houthi rebels. 
Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has suffered a blow as his AK party lost control of Istanbul following a rerun of the city's mayoral election. Opposition candidate Ekrem Imamoglu secured 54.3% of the vote, a significantly more decisive victory than he achieved first time round, when he won by a margin of 13,000 votes. That result was annulled after the AKP alleged irregularities. AKP candidate Binali Yildirim has accepted the latest outcome and President Erdogan has tweeted to congratulate Imamoglu, whose election ends 25 years of AKP rule in Turkey's largest city. The new mayor has pledged to open a new page in Istanbul. Iran's naval chief has spoken out against the US, warning that the Middle Eastern country is capable of shooting down more American drones. Rear Admiral Hossein Kanzadi's strong words follow the downing of a US spy drone by Iran's Revolutionary Guard in the Strait of Hormuz last week. According to news agency Tasnim, he said Iran was capable of delivering another crushing response, and the enemy knows it. Tehran has claimed the drone shot down last week was violating Iranian airspace, an accusation that the US denies. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo headed to Saudi Arabia for talks with regional allies this week as the Trump administration announced new sanctions targeting Iran's supreme leader, Ali Khamenei. Iran has criticised the measures, arguing that they will result in the permanent closure of the path of diplomacy. Former US Special Counsel Robert Mueller has agreed to testify before Congress on his investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Mueller will give his testimony before the House of Representatives Judiciary and Intelligent Committees next month. Donald Trump has previously claimed the report's findings offered him complete exoneration on the charge of obstructing justice, despite Mueller reaching no conclusion on the charge. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi welcomed news of Mueller's testimony on Tuesday, claiming, Our national security is being threatened and the American people deserve answers. Trump has consistently criticised the inquiry as a witch hunt, tweeting the words presidential harassment following the news on Wednesday. Authorities in countries across Europe are preparing for a week-long heatwave, which could see some areas reach temperatures of more than 40 degrees Celsius. Meteorologists have warned high humidity levels could mean the heat feels as high as 47 degrees Celsius in some places, with one Spanish weather presenter tweeting, hell is coming. In France, Parisian authorities have established cooling areas in municipal buildings and set up extra drinking fountains to help residents cope with the heat. In London, temperatures are expected to reach 35 degrees Celsius on Saturday, close to the national June record of 35.6 degrees Celsius set in Southampton in 1978. Discussing the heatwave, Met Office spokeswoman Nicola Maxi said Britain would not be as hot as Europe, but will still be warm. US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has hit out at the mistreatment of migrant children at the country's southern border, saying, It is an atrocity that violates every value we have, not only as Americans, but as moral beings. Her comments follow reports of severely neglected children being held at a Texan border patrol station. Children were seen sleeping in overcrowded rooms, with those younger than 10 left caring for infants. Democrats in the House of Representatives have backed £3.5 billion worth of humanitarian aid for those at the southern border, but the bill is likely to be met with opposition in the Republic-controlled Senate. It comes amid public outcry over an image showing a Salvadoran father and his two-year-old daughter lying face down in the shallows of the Rio Grande. They are drowned attempting to cross the river into Texas on Monday. Rapper Cardi B has pleaded not guilty to assault following an altercation in a New York strip club last year. Real name, Melkali's Almanza, the rapper and two members of her team have been charged with 12 offences. The charges include assault, harassment and conspiracy. Prosecutors have accused Cardi B of ordering attacks on two bartenders at the Angels Gentlemen's Club in Queens. 
The rapper is said to have ordered the attacks after accusing one of the bartenders of sleeping with her husband, Offset. Cardi B handed herself into police after the alleged assaults. If found guilty, the rapper and her co-defendants could face prison sentences of up to four years. Our facts of the week are... People living on the Norwegian island of Somaroy have begun a campaign to abolish the concept of time. Locals argue that the small island experiences a period of 69 days each year when the sun doesn't set. They believe this constant daylight makes time irrelevant, with one Somaroy campaign video claiming, we do what we want when we want. If we want to cut the grass at midnight, we will. That's why we want to be officially recognised as the world's first time-free zone. Toy Story 4 has taken $238 million at the box office during its international opening last weekend. 24 years after the first film was released, Toy Story's latest sequel has been a box office smash around the world, enjoying the most successful opening weekend ever for an animated movie in the UK. And finally, French restaurant Mirazur has been crowned the best in the world. Mirazur topped this year's world's 50 best restaurants competition, which has come to rival the famed Michelin star rankings. Run by Argentine chef Mauro Colagreco, Mirazur offers a view out onto the French Riviera and has been praised by culinary critics for its cascading vegetable gardens and outrageously talented cooks. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.